my topic is, is called bloodthirsty and the reason why I chose that topic actually because a lot of people, they saying, Pastor Leo, I struggle when I read the Old Testament in the Bible. There is so much blood and so much killing and I, I don't know, you tell me that God is love, he's compassionate if love, but I just see drama. I see too much blood in the Old Testament and that's why a lot of people say, I skip the Old Testament because I just read the, the four Gospels and then I'm safe actually. And I want to tell you the reason why I believe the Bible is a miracle. It's like the documents of Jesus and the old scrolls are brought together into a La Biblia, into a book. And the main message in the Bible is that God is still able that God is still in control and there is no power who is higher than the name of God. God can do out of nothing something. Whatever you're going through in your life, you think, oh, I have nothing. God takes you nothing. He turns into something. God created the heaven and the earth out of nothing. God created the light out of nothing. God created the darkness out of nothing. God created the land and the water out of nothing. God can make something out of nothing. That means the blind can see, the dead can hear, the lame can walk, and God heals all the sick people. What it takes is only we say, God, here is my life. And God takes your life, He breaks your life, He multiplies your life, and then miracles and miracles will take place. And all the people around you, they are eyewitness that God has forgiven all your sins, that God has transformed your life, and you're the biggest walking miracle what people will ever see. Can I hear an amen? Hey, you friends, they may never read the Bible. If, if your friends are unbelievers, they will not read the Bible. The only living Bible which they read, it's you. Your unbelieving friends, or maybe your father, your mom, your daughter, whatever, if they never believe in God, they are eyewitness of the goodness and greatness of God Almighty. They will never have an excuse. They can never say, God, you never shared the gospel with me. God has said, no, I sent Petra into your workplace. And Petra, she was a believer, and you could see you can hear, you can smell that Jesus Christ has changed her life. That's the main story of this amazing holy book called the Bible, La Biblia. I remember when I got saved, um, unfortunately, back then there were no such thing as a college, sorry. So I started reading the Old Testament. And after a while, I thought, God, I, can hand I cannot handle that. <laughs> so much blood and you kill almost everyone. So I decided, I just read the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation. But it's not getting better. It's even worse. So I said, God, is there any page who's somehow good? So I read in, in the middle, like the, the four Gospels. And my favorite story where my heart gets open about the Bible is a story about they found uh, a woman, she's doing adultery. Here is a funny thing. They only confined the woman. Somehow they lost the man. I said, God, I like the story. The man escaped and they only found the woman. So they brought the woman to all the people and Jesus was saying, if one of us has, is without sin, then take a stone and throw the stone to her. And everyone was laying down the stones and Jesus said, if no one has judged you, 
I forgive you. And I like the heart of Jesus. Jesus loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And she gives that lady a full value back. And I said, oh, I like that part of the Bible. But what's about the beginning and also the end? We struggle a little bit. And that's why I want to share with you a little bit the background. What is the story about the Old Testament? I shared last Sunday about the New Testament. But what is the, the main story about the Old Testament? And before I'm doing that, I want to read you a horrible quote but that you just feel and sense how people think about the Bible. Richard Dovskin, he wrote a special quote. I'm not agree about the quote, but I just want to read it that you understand what people think sometimes of the, about the Bible. To be fair, much of the Bible is not systematically evil. That's actually good news. But just plain weird, as you would expect of a chaotically cobbled together analogy of these joint documents composed, revised, translated, disordered, and improved by hundreds of anonymous authors, editors, and compists, unknowing to us, mostly unknown to each other, spanning nine centuries. And this is actually what a lot of people think, and even a lot of Christians think, oh, something is wrong with the Old Testament. So I want to give you a background for some minutes about how can I understand the Old Testament. Everything starts actually with Jesus. And before I speak with Jesus, here is one point which I want to share. We have a good message which is written in the Bible. This is, I really do believe, in Luke chapter 16, verse 16, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. So check out in his Bible verse, the book of law means the five book of Moses, the Torah. The law means the five book of Moses and the gospel means good news, a joyful message. Do you know that we have a joyful message? And I tell you why. I was a sinner, but now I'm a saint. I was lost, but God has found me, and the kingdom of God is living in me. I ex experience signs and miracles. That's why it's a joyful message for the whole entire world. We have the best message ever. Yeah, we have the best message ever. We have a good message which is written in the Bible. So, I wanna, before I start, I want to explain you. I see a lot of people, that's my... Uh, viewpoint, you cannot read the Bible with a loop. With a loop means, oh, here's one word. And if you pick out one word out of the context, you will not understand the point. Jesus is telling a story, and the story has one point. And not like every word has a meaning, actually. And sometimes people say, but he has written. Uh, Paul is saying, the woman, the woman has submit under the husband. You see, late moment, you bring out the trash. I'm the boss and you're not. And for many centuries, even Christians had made huge mistakes that treated the women as second level. And this is not what the Bible is actually saying. Paul is explaining something bigger. That's why you have to, who likes to zoom? I like to zoom. If you zoom out, 
you see the whole entire picture. And to understand all the blood and all the killing in the Old Testament, we have to zoom out and understand what is the story from Genesis to Malachi. So I want to share this with you the next couple of minutes. Please try to follow me. But it is very important that people say, I cannot believe in your God. It's so much blood. And say, you say often, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't like it either. But that's not a good, solid Christian answer. I think you should have an answer why this is in the Bible. So everything starts with Jesus. When Jesus was here, people were writing down some documents. I shared this last Sunday with you guys. Mark, John, Matthew. They wrote down the documents and look what Jesus done. They were eyewitness. And 300 years later, they died for all the documents because they were so important, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So can you imagine if you are not a Jewish guy, you got saved and you start to read the document, you start realizing 9% of all the teachings of Jesus comes out from the old scrolls. I call it now the Old Testament. And people are saying, Jesus always speaks about the old scrolls, about the Old Testament. And the Christians said, we should read all those Jewish documents. So the first Christian said, we know those documents, but now let's read all the old documents from the beginning of the Bible. And Jewish people got saved. They know every single word of the old documents. They said, oh my gosh, in these new documents of Luke and John, they are prophetic fulfillment in, and they start to read that. The Jewish people start to read the new document, and the Christians start to read the old documents. That means all comes together in one book, and after 200 years, they said, both sides, both documents, they are holy. So now, they had to understand, but what is the meaning about all those old documents of Malachi and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and all the plots and all the wars? So they realized everything started with Jesus and they took this scroll and they started to read about the beginning and the whole Old Testament is actually one story. I want to share you the story of the Old Testament that you understand every single detail. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created it's for you maybe a no-brainer, but some people say, I believe in the evolution. Evolution means in the beginning there was a soup. But where does the soup come from? People say, I don't know, it just was there. It's the same question, but when the beginning is God, where does God come from? You mean both soup or God is a, a, a statement of what you believe. But God is saying, not the soup, I was in the beginning. So there is God. Can you see? I cannot make a picture of God. That's why it's foggy. It's very important. Otherwise you say, Pastor Leo, how can you do that? I'm smart. So then goes on in verse, goes on. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That means for you nothing but Abraham, the whole neighborhood of Abraham, they believed in different gods. They believed you have a God for the sun, you have a God for the rain, you have the God for the harvest, you have the God for the sea. They had all different gods and those gods, they created the heavens and the earth. And God is saying, no, Abraham, I am the only God. I am the only creator. And God is saying, Abraham, leave your family and all your gods and you have to learn I'm the only God. 
I have a love story, I'm compassion, and don't be dramatic. So then it goes on like the whole Garden Eden. And then in the Garden Eden, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created the mankind of his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And this is already so amazing. In the beginning, listen to me, God is saying, man and women, equal. Equal. Same salary. If you think about not same salary, then they will say, what's wrong with you? In the beginning, male and female were on the same level. But now people say, but, but what's about Paul? Paul is saying the man is the leader and the wife has to submit. And if you assume what Paul is talking is so simple, I'll tell you how simple it is. Let's go for example. You have a family of um, you and your wife and four kids and a dog, you are seven. Seven people are in your family. You want to go on vacation. So you ask your family, where do you want to go on vacation? The woman says, I want to go to Switzerland. You will say, you're crazy, it's expensive. And the kids will say, let's go to Italy. And all of them say, I like to hike. Someone said, oh, I want to ski. I want to go some bad thing. One kid will say, let's stay at home. And the dog says, I stay at home too. So you want to go on vacation, but it's a big mess. And Paul is saying, when you want to go on vacation and you don't find an agreement, I give the man the, the power to make the best decision for all. Is that so complicated? The same thing in the church. You have leaders and elders, but they're not leading the church. That means if they're not in agreement and the team is not in agreement, someone has to make the call. It doesn't mean you're better than the rest. That's what Paul is saying when he has your confusion. The man makes the call. God also could say the woman makes the call, then the man will have a problem, but now the woman have a problem. It doesn't matter. It's always about leadership brings order into a family. Do you understand that? It's very, very key. So, but let's take it in the story. So they put, God put Adam and Eve into the garden. There have been a tree of life. The tree of life has been God says, you have to make a decision do you believe in me or not? Because love, you cannot push love. Love is always free. And God is saying, if you eat from that tree, I will kick you out from the perfect garden Eden. But you have to make the decision. I cannot force you to love me. You cannot force a girl to love you. You can pray, but even God cannot force that lady that she loves you. You understand? Prayer is mean God knocks on the heart, but you have to open up your heart, actually. So God puts the tree in it. And Adam and Eve, they are not obedient. They say, we don't want to do our own thing. God kicked them out of the garden Eden. There is where the drama starts. For the very first time, Adam and Eve and human beings experience the word dead. In the garden Eden, there's been no sickness no dead, nothing. It was perfect. God and human beings were together. But when God kicked them out, it was like a judgment. And God is saying you have to choose between the blessing and a curse. And they decided to lock in the curse. And that's the moment for the very first time in history when by people hair is falling down. 
Your teeth are getting yellow after some years. Uh, you, 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 are, you have a lot of issues actually. But I'm just saying this has never happened before. And let's pause for a moment. There is where all the drama and the judge and the blood starts. God is saying, I want to send some prophets. And prophet had always a job in the Old Testament. They were saying to you, hey guys, why do you are not obedient? Why in the flipping world are you doing your own thing? God is sent me to tell you, Go back to the first love. God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants to have fellowship with you. Please turn back to your loving Father because the Father of God has formed and created and shaped you. It's all about the relationship. But if you don't want to come back, it's your decision. But you will experience the judge of God in a horrible way. In a horrible way. If you have kids and you say 10 times in a row, don't do it, don't do it. After 10 times you say, okay, then do it, do it. Have you ever heard your turn? Do it. Do it means do it. And you are so frustrated and you cannot help your kids to protect them any, anymore. And if you're going back to that story, here's a very, very important thing I want to share with you guys. In Luke chapter 6, verse 6, I'm going, to, I'm going to read it again. The law and the prophets. Why the law and the prophets? Why is Luke saying the law and the prophets in the beginning? Until John. Then the kingdom of the gospel is being preached actually. And here is a point which a lot of people, they do not understand. Why people, God killed people or were horrible to people. It was the judge. God was showing to the people of God, if you follow me, you will never get sick, you will always be blessed, and you have more than enough. But if you don't follow me, you're walking out of the umbrella of God, of my protection, go ahead. It's your decision. People could see the difference of believing in God and being judged in a horrible way. But God always sent prophets. All the time, there's not one story in the Bible where God not has sent prophets to warn you. The best example is the Pharaoh in Egypt. Most were saying, God is telling you, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no, I will not let you go. And God did the 10 miracles or the 10 pledges in Egypt was actually because the Egypt people, they believed in 10 different gods. Do you know that? They believed in the God of water, of rain, of sun, in 10 different gods. And every time when Pharaoh said no, God sent a miracle, a power demonstration. You think your God is good, but I am much stronger. And everyone in Egypt, they could see the greatness and goodness and the powerful God. It was so obvious. Why I'm getting so loud? It was so obvious. They will no have excuses. To explain you how obvious it was, I want to share maybe a weird story. If my mom passes away, she passed away actually, she's there dead for one day. And all your friends and all your neighbors are there. For, she's dead for one day. Can you imagine you going and you pray for her and she rises up? 
And everyone will say, oh my gosh, oh, oh, oh my God, oh my gosh, she is alive. Hey, she is alive. She's alive. That's the same dimension of Pharaoh. They could see it was obvious God Almighty is the biggest God of all. And why in the flipping world will people not turn back to Christ and say, I'm so sorry, forgive me. Because Pharaoh, he knew, if I surrender my life to God, if I surrender my life to Jesus, my life will be different. A lot of people, they know that God is God and Jesus. They have heard and experienced so many miracles, but they don't want to follow Jesus Christ because then you have to give over your old lifestyle. Maybe partying, drinking, smoking, whatever you do. And you say, oh, I prefer my old lifestyle of Jesus. This is what people do all the time. They experience the greatness and goodness of God. And here's one Bible verse where a lot of people, they miss in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, well, that's the word. So, in Exodus chapter 9, verse 12, and check this out. I mean, the Hebrew Bible has been translated in English or French or German. But it's often what people say, but check out Pastor Leo. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he hardened not unto them as the Lord has spoken unto Moses. You see, God cursed Pharaoh. He could not say yes, but that word is wrong translated in English and in German. And you're going back to the Hebrew language where the Bible is written. The word hardened means actually strengthened. God has strengthened the heart of Pharaoh that he was able to say yes to God. He was able, he strengthened the heart that he could say yes. But still he saw all the miracles and he said no. The same thing with the Pharisees in the life of Jesus. There is one story, I wanna nail that point. In the Jewish thinking, there's one miracle which only the Messiah could do. If you are blind by birth, only the Messiah could heal a blind person, blind from birth. Do you know that? Jesus comes to the city, there's one guy blind from birth. Jesus heals that person and the Pharisee saying, what have you done? That's impossible. And they said, hey, I have a question. Has that person been blind from birth? Jesus said, yes, you have sown it. And it's obvious I am the Messiah. But they saw the proof of the prophetic words and they knew if we say yes, our lives will be different. And they chose to not believing in Jesus because that means I have to change my whole entire life. Do you understand the Old Testament? God sends prophets to warn and warn and warn and after 10 times, God is saying it's your decision. But the judge means you don't want to follow God. That's why all the horrible things happen. I want to wrap it together from the Old to the New Testament. Jesus was hanging on, on, on he, Jesus was here and he brought the Old Testament and to the New Testament together. 
Do you know that the law, the law, now it gets very interesting maybe for you in the, in the end. The five books of Moses, there is, it, they wrap the whole Old Testament together. Are you ready? So, the Torah, the five books of Moses means, the name of Moses means giving birth, you are born of God. Genesis means creating, you have a new beginning. Every person on earth, you have a new beginning, created by God, but you have a new beginning. But along the way, we're doing some wrong things. Exodus means finish in the past, turn back from the past. Leviticus means the law, you're following the instruction. God gives you law that helps you to be a better woman and a better man. It's like a life coaching, by the way. Numeri means the numbers means God established an order in your life. When the Holy Spirit comes in love, He brings order in your thinking, order in your feelings, order in your sexuality. It's an order. Deuteronomy means persevering memory. That means remind yourself all the time. God is the beginning and God is my end. God has the first word and the last word. And God is in charge of everything. Even in the five books of Moses, it's the message wrapped together. That's the message of Old Testament. A loving, compassionate God with a lot of drama. And my message, stop the drama. Stop walking away from God. Don't do that. You can stop the drama immediately. But some people say, no, I prefer the drama instead of the healing power of God. Isn't that amazing? That's the whole story of the Old Testament. Not more and not less. And God is bringing the prophets. They're explaining you about the Messiah who will come. So in the picture, Jesus Christ is in the middle. He brings the Old Testament together and he leads to God in the New Testament. The Bible says, and then from John, the gospel of good news will be preached. That means from now on, there will be no judgment anymore. No judgment means it's postponed to a certain moment. When God comes, when all everything is done, Every human being, you and me, we will stand in front of God and there will be a judgment day. Do you know that? Every single person will have a judgment day. And I'm glad for that because God is saying, you can cheat, you can hide, you can do mistakes, but I will judge you and God will judge every human being. And God will separate the life and the dead and God will kill all the people. They're saying no to him because this was your decision. And now listen to me. I said, God, what, what's the point of this message? When people ask you a question, why so much blood in the Bible? It's a story of a loving, compassionate God with too much drama. But it's not about the drama. It's about the decision that people make not believing in God. But do you know the prophets have been always a megaphone? Do you know that your life It's a megaphone. Do you know that you're the salt and the life in this earth? The moment you receive Jesus Christ, I tell you right now, your life has been changed. You're not the same person anymore because you cannot receive Jesus Christ and be the same person. It's impossible. That means from that moment on, you are walking with signs and miracles, forgiveness and joy and peace, all those things. And listen to me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16, and I'll tell you what, it's your and my position, even if you're watching online. Now, I like this Bible verse 
For we are to God's the pleasing aroma. That means people can smell Jesus in you. People say, oh, believing in God is privacy. Yes, it's privacy, but people can smell even though if you say nothing. It's that funny. Some people smell stronger, some people a little bit, but it doesn't matter. People will figure out you're a Christian, even though you say nothing. Now check this out. Of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one you are and I am an aroma that brings death. Do you know that your life is killing people? Hey, have I shocked you right now? Your aroma will judge people, but your aroma also lead people to Christ. What is the point of that Bible verse? When Jesus Christ came on earth, they wrote some documents. And all the documents was about Jesus Christ. Do you know that the first Christians, they never read the Bible? Do you know even now we have people that are living somewhere around the world They have never read the Bible. They have not even a Bible in their language. Do you know that? There's a lot of people in the world that have never read the Bible. But they have been eyewitness about your life. Jesus Christ came into your life. He has forgiven all your sins and all your failures. You were sick, but God healed you. You had no hope, and now you have a future that's brighter than your past. People becoming eyewitness what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Can you imagine one day your family standing in the front of the presence of God? It will be the judgment day. No one can say, God, I never heard about you. They say, no, 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 I sent Petra. Do you remember Petra? She works in your, in your working place. God put Petra the believer in the working place that you have been, become an eyewitness. You can smell Jesus in her. You can see Jesus in her. And she told so many times a story about Jesus Christ. And God is saying, I'm so sorry. You, you have never read the Bible, but you have been an eyewitness of Petra. <laughs> I like it. That means believing in Jesus is not privacy. You are an aroma. You smell the goodness and greatness of Jesus Christ. In closing, when I got saved many, many years ago, my oldest brother came one day when I preached the message, my very first message in, in our church. He said, if you can preach, then there must be a God. He knew my whole life. He has been become an eyewitness what God has done in my life. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Hey, people can smell and people become eyewitness what Jesus done in your life. And that's the whole story. There's a compassion God. He loves you so much. But stop the flipping drama. Don't do your own thing. Submit your life under the leadership of God and what God has done. He will take you nothing and He makes the nothing to something. He creates the heaven and the earth and the light and the sun and the water and the land and you can see creation. It's the match of God. I take nothing and I change into something. Hey, thanks for watching.
Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship. They, that podcast could be a very, well cool thing. Just share the link because it's pretty, pretty easy. And I'm looking forward to see you again. Tune in and God bless you and see you soon. Bye-bye.